Hello, I'm Casey Woomer, Assistant Director for the Miami University Institute for Entrepreneurship in Oxford, Ohio. I'm the host of the Institute's new podcast. We're calling it Venture On, and this is our inaugural show. Welcome to all of you. Venture On has been created to support all junior and senior entrepreneurship co-majors and minors as they begin their transition from college to the world of startups, corporations, nonprofits, and innovation agencies. Our mission is to offer advice, counsel, and guidance to this important and vital group of students. Each podcast will be dedicated to sharing information on what has worked for our successful recent graduates. Today, we begin our podcast by welcoming Amy Berg. Amy graduated in May 2017 with a major in marketing and a minor in entrepreneurship. Since graduation, she has worked with JLL in Chicago. Amy, we appreciate you joining us on the Institute's initial Venture On podcast. Let's get started. Amy, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up and did you come from an entrepreneurial family? Yeah, so hello everybody. Uh, I'm Amy Berg and I graduated two years ago now. It's hard to believe that it's been that long from Miami. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and then went to an all-girls school, Ursuline, and then came to Miami. So my family is, I'm one of three kids, um, but also one of 32 grandchildren. So, and I think we have almost 90 people in my family now. So came from a large um, family business, a big real estate company in Cincinnati. So definitely entrepreneurial from that side. A lot of people started their own businesses off the family business. And that was ingrained in me from a, a young age. I remember running lemonade stands where we'd raise a bunch of money for, for children's hospital. I had my own grass cutting business. I, what else to do? I'd sell anything and everything, whether it was the school, um, wrapping paper that you always had to sell. Oh to, yeah. Classic. Um, basically you know anything and everything in order to kind of I always have my own little business ideas from when I was really little so definitely was ingrained in me from a pretty young age. So did you know you wanted to continue with that kind of you know money-making mantra and entrepreneurial spirit when you came to Miami? Yeah I knew that that I always wanted to kind of do my own thing and make my own choices I'm not good at always uh, I want to be the boss. <laughs> so that's kind of, I've always had that kind of mentality. Um, and I definitely, I didn't really know what I was doing was entrepreneurship probably at the time until I really took uh, classes and yeah. realized, you know, I do actually have that mindset to be creative and kind of wear many different hats. Right, right. So how did you find the entrepreneurship pro program in Miami? So I think it was, so my freshman year, I joined Pi Sigma Epsilon, which is a business fraternity. I'm pretty sure a lot of the kids in there had taken classes through the entrepreneurship program. And so that's kind of where I was exposed to it. And then as soon as I, I thought, oh, maybe it's something that would go well with marketing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, but I thought it was a good uh, add-on as a, it was just a minor at the time that I uh, started with, because I don't think they had the major yet. But so knew that between the classes that I uh, was kind of exposed to. And as soon as I took that first class, I just knew that I, I 
would love the program. Just I've heard I heard great things about the professors and things like that. So that definitely rang true through my time at Miami. Do you remember something specific that you learned in your first class that kind of got you hooked and you knew that this is somewhere you could call home? I think it was, I'm trying to remember what my first class was, but I think it was just the fact that there wasn't the typical rules. I hate reading mm. books. I hate, like, you know, the big textbooks. I hated taking tests. I don't like doing that kind of stuff. Uh, it's boring. And I could do it, but it's just not my favorite. So I think realizing in that first class that, you know, this was going to be different and it wasn't going to be reading a textbook. It wasn't going to be complete chapter six by Tuesday. Right, right. Um, that was the mindset that I thought would benefit me the most in the real world as uh, versus just the typical school. Well, that's good to hear that you see the real world benefit and yeah. kind of going into that real world experience. Tell us a little bit about your role at JLL. So, uh, so I've been with JLL since I graduated, so almost two years now. And I, cur- I started out kind of in a rotational program, but now I sit on a pretty large brokerage team and I support um, kind of our larger big accounts that have real estate transactions, office real estate transactions uh, here in Chicago, but also across the world, whether it's Sydney or Israel or Austin, Texas, um, I do real estate transactions all over the place. So my job is ever changing. It's pretty cool to uh, work with those big, large corporate clients on transactions, um, whether it's in a different currency right. or with different people across the world uh, that's been a really cool experience and how does it feel to have that kind of responsibility an international responsibility at you know the age of 23 24 uh, it's overwhelming sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sometimes I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing uh, but it's awesome and you take that with a grain of salt and realize that I mean I have a team of 14 people that sit around me um, and not only that, but the team of larger JLL. So I have many people to go and ask questions to, which I do all the time because, you know, it's not an easy thing to do a real estate transaction in general, but also do it in a language that you, you can't even right. release it. So uh, it's definitely using my resources and understanding um, where I can get those answers to questions, but it's been an awesome learning experience. You sound really humble, you know, talking about your team that you have around you. And, you know, I'm sitting over here being like, oh my gosh, look at this job, this is crazy. And you clearly understand how important it is to have the people around you to support you. But you've done a ton of your own work to get to where you are, and I want you to brag a little bit about yourself. So what did you do between graduation and starting your job to really catalyst you into success? What were some of the things that you did to prep your mind before you started your job? Uh, took a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's important. Yeah, so- that's one thing that I would say that I took a little bit of advantage of, but I didn't necessarily realize is that is the only time in your life that you will not be thinking about something else. So it's pretty unique unless you're in between jobs. You know what I mean? Like it, no stress. I mean, it was so definitely take that time because that's a very unique point in your life where you're not checking your email or things right. like that. So take advantage of that. And then also, so I graduated in May and I started my job middle of June. So I had a month to pack up my life and move to Chicago. Um, so that was a transition in itself. I mean, I lived in Cincinnati, went to Miami, you know, 45 minutes away from right. home. Now I'm moving to this really big city. So the first thing I did was pack up all my stuff. We drove up here. And then after my parents kind of left and I was on my own, it's definitely just getting acquainted with the city. So 
I walked around, I took the architectural tour, I did all the touristy things within those three weeks to understand. And part of that is my job. I need to know the city of Chicago. Um, so definitely building routine. I figured out where my grocery store is, where my right. gym is, because you have work, but you also have outside of work. And starting to build that routine and understand what is my life going to look like, not necessarily just nine to five, but you know five to 10 and on the weekends, that's important. Um, because if you don't have that time and uh, outside of work, it can be really difficult. So um, definitely just starting to build a routine and then also just reading, reading up on Chicago news, reading what's going on in the area Mm. um, and just trying to make this city feel like home. So that's an, I think an important part, especially if you're moving to a a new place. Oh, that's an essential part as somebody that also moved away from home, creating that routine around you so that you can, create a sense of familiarity is so important. Um, So what was the transition like for you emotionally? Did, what were those first initial few weeks like? Yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, at points you feel like, I remember we were walking into a bar and you know, when you go into a bar in Miami, you like know every single person that is in there and you know their friends, you know their parents, you know know, (laughs) everybody knows each other. Uh, and so when you're walking into a bar in Chicago, a city of, you know, millions of people, you feel kind of isolated. Um, and I think that's the case no matter where you move to Chicago or a small city, no matter where you are. Um, it's, it's just a different feeling. But it's getting comfortable with that because that's your new reality. So it can right. be scary. You can feel like you're on your own. But luckily, I moved to a city where I had a decent amount of friends here. Um, and friends that are from here. So it's nice to be able to, I go home to their house in the suburbs and that feels like home to me. No, it's not my house, but it's kind of nice to distance yourself from the city sometimes. Um, So definitely it can be a little different, but creating that routine, kind of feeling like this is my grocery store, this is my gym, uh, that helped me like a hand over foot every single time. Yeah, that's awesome that you're able to create that for yourself. so you move to Chicago, you, your parents drop you off, they say good luck, and you create your routine for yourself. Now let's talk about that first day on the job. What can you recall about walking into the office on the first day? So the first day, I'm pretty sure everybody thought I was an intern. So <laughs> now I'm here for good. No, I'm here. Um, so the first day, I mean, it's just, it was kind of a blur. It's a lot of HR stuff, to be honest. I mean, the first day is always just kind of, can be boring at sometimes, but I had somebody walk me around. I'm shaking a bunch of people's hands. Don't remember anybody's name. Um, and you just kind of sit at your desk and you're kind of like, well, now what? Like, what do I do now? I mean, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what, how to, can barely, uh, tell you anything about the company. So, uh, that first day was a little bit overwhelming and it was just kind of, you're kind of sitting there like, I don't really know what to do (laughs) to be honest. And, uh, I think that's how a lot of people are is you don't really, your first even six months can be, you, you don't really know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> so that six month curve. Yes. Oh, so tell us about, you know, I think that six month curve is standard for every new grad, you know, you just kind of sitting in this world of what's going on, where do I fit in? So how did you deal with that ambiguity? So I think the biggest thing for me was you have to, you have to kind of pick up and run with it yourself. Like, I, I was in a position where nobody was telling me what to do every single minute of every day, and I'm still kind of in that. It's kind of my own world. Right. 
and there are gonna, there's going to be time when you have nothing to do and you need to get used to that and figure out how can you fill that time that's beneficial to you. So, for example, I, you know, read every single thing about JLL, about all of our service lines. I met with dozens of people, dozens and dozens of people, because you have an excuse because you're young to be like, hey, mm-hmm. can I grab a cup of coffee, talk to you for 15 minutes about what you do. So learn the different service lines, meet people from your team, but also outside of your team, because that has been worldly beneficial to me. And not only within JLL, but this is kind of specific to real estate, but I went out and I toured probably 70 buildings in six wow. months. And I just walked every single building with the, um, there's like a team that's on site at all these buildings. So I just walked the teams, I met the team. So now when I go on tour, I know the agent on the other side. I know the building property manager because I took the time to walk those buildings and really learn the environment that I'm in. And that has been super beneficial in the long run. Um, so it's definitely just don't don't sit around on your hands because you're in the real world now. People aren't going to tell you what to do. You need to figure it out yourself. Right. Um, so definitely read as much as you can, meet as many people as you can, um, and just be a total sponge. If somebody tells you to do something, don't say no. Just do it. I don't care what it is. Just do it because it most likely is a, a good learning experience. Can you tell us a little bit about a time that you struggled in those first, in those first, let's call it 90 days on the job where you kind of had a panic moment about what are you doing here and what's going on? I think it was finding my stride with my team. So I was on a rotational program, so that was a little bit different. But if I'm talking about even the first 90 days with this team, it's like, okay, where, where do I fit? Like, where's my spot? Uh, and how do I provide value as quick as I can? Uh, I'm not somebody that likes to sit around and just wait for things to come to me. I like to find value. So that was part of what I did is when I started on this team, I met with everybody on the team and said, you know, what do you need? What do you struggle with as a broker? Or what do you enjoy doing? So there's some people that really like to do business development and are really, really good at it. And it's hard to be really good at the business development, mm-hmm. but you get tied down with doing the transaction work. So that's kind of where I found my niche is figured out what my team was really good at um, and where I could start to pull off some of their workload and um, so they could continue to do their uh, their best work because the, I mean the brokerage world time is your time is money you know every moment you're doing a transaction you're you're not getting new clients which is technically more money for them because it's all commission based so definitely figuring out the strengths and weaknesses of my team and where I was the sponge to fill in all of those holes. And for all of our listeners, that is a perfect example of servant leadership. So very good, Amy. <laughs> so kind of tying that back into our, our listeners and the Institute, what were some of the mindsets from class and entrepreneurship that you saw yourself using in those first couple months of work? I think, and still to this day, the fact of just asking questions and understanding how to ask questions. And this is not only for a team, but also a client. So Sometimes with clients, you only get a certain amount of time to ask questions, and you don't want to send them a list of 50 questions. And you're, in, you know, when you're providing them a solution, you, they say you only used three of my questions. And why did I spend all that time doing it? So it's figuring out what's the right question to ask to get the right data to then problem solve. And what we do is problem solving. I mean, that's most people's line of work. You're, you're solving problems right. for people, whether it's a client, whether it's B two B, whether it's B two C. You're you're solving a problem. So it's figuring out what the questions are in order to solve that problem. And also just going out 
being creative about it. So my team in, in, in the brokerage business, we operate as a small business, as a team. Uh, we have our leaders, we have our marketing people, we have our admin, we have I'm the analyst, we have our financial people. So we have this little network of people that operate as a team. And so it's also understanding that entrepreneurial mindset is I don't play one role is I have to be able to pick up somebody else's hat and put it on for that day right. or that 10 minutes or that client call. So it's, it's being malleable and, you know, realizing on a team that you, you're not, you can stay in your lane, but you need to be able to flex a little bit and, and learn from your teammates to be able to step in their shoes when you need to. Um, so it's definitely that team mentality that asking questions and also just being creative and, um, in kind of everything that you do. If you're not creative in bringing new and unique solutions to your clients, I mean, what do they need you for? So right. it's just always trying to add that value um, and be um, a good problem solver for your clients. Did you find it hard to remind yourself that you could add value at the young age of 22, 23? Uh, no, to be honest. Good. Kind of, at first you're like, oh, I don't know anything. And then you kind of realize that uh, at least my team, they needed somebody really, really badly. They were, you know, all over work. They really needed help. Um, so I felt valuable pretty quickly, which was, that's one of the reasons that I love my job is I feel valued every single day that I walk into work. I know that I have a purpose and I know that I have a role. And finding that, I one, I'm super lucky that I have that because there's lots of people that don't. Um, but I think, you know, I had to put myself out there and find that value um, and figure it out. If you, it's, it's not going to walk to you, you have to figure it out yourself. Um, so definitely it's, it's hard at the beginning is trying to figure out where can I add value, but the moment you find it, like run with it and right. do not stop running with it. That's great. You're able to find your unique value and just a reminder that it's not going to be placed in your lap, right? You got to go out and get it yourself. So that's awesome. Um, definitely want to let you, you know, get on with your busy day ahead of you. So kind of my last question to close this is for our graduates who are about to be facing their first 90 days of their new job, what is your biggest piece of advice? I would say never say no. I don't care if it's to a lunch, to a coffee, to a networking event, to a job that you think is an administrative job that's not below, that you think might be quote unquote below you. I don't care. Do it. Say yes. Always be the one to raise your hand um, because you'll get noticed even for doing the mm. little things and helping out when maybe it's not your job. And right. even to this day, I still do it because I operate as a team. You know, if if one person is down that we need to help build them up because it builds everybody up. So uh, at a young age, you know, when you get older, you can be more selective maybe about what you do <laughs> when you get more experience. Uh, but nothing is beneath you and everything treated as a learning experience. Um, so never, never say no to an opportunity, especially in your first couple of years. That's great, Amy. And clearly you've taken every advantage that's been put in front of you. And I know how inspiring you are for our listeners. So thank you for your time this morning. And we look yeah, forward to seeing, you. seeing what happens next in your world. Yeah. <laughs> Good time, I'm having a ball.